0: everyone and welcome to Saturn Returns with me, Kagi Dunlop. This is a podcast that aims to bring clarity during transitional times where there can be confusion and doubt.
1: I never really felt myself when doing those things and then I finally kind of like came out of it and made decisions which actually like served me or felt scary at the time but actually I've way better for now I'm like I wish I could go back and say like you don't have to behave like that to like seek other people's approval and validation
0: today I'm joined by the lovely Steph Williams aka Steph Fit who has built an online fitness empire on social media in this episode we explore relating to the self and we cover quite a few topics I absolutely love this conversation with Steph because it just felt like I was chatting with a friend. And of course, when we see someone and we think we know someone through social media, we have an idea of who they are and how they operate in the world. And the reality is often very different. We explored this idea of swanning, of like presenting ourselves as a certain version. But what was so interesting was Steph had so many similar fears or thoughts that I have and that I'm sure that you guys have as well. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what we've achieved or how people perceive us because first and foremost, we are relating to the self. And that voice in our head and the relationship we're having with ourselves is something that needs to be addressed. It needs to be acknowledged and it needs to be brought into our awareness. And as you'll hear in this episode, Steph has an amazing team of people around her, both personally and professionally, that help her with this. And this is something that I am definitely establishing in my own life. But I just hope that this conversation alleviates any feelings or doubts that you might be having and know that they are totally normal and very human. We also talk about the importance of discipline, which is a very Saturnian principle. And obviously that's a really big thing for Steph in building the empire that she has of the discipline she has with working out, even when she doesn't want to, and staying focused. We also touch on drinking culture. And as many of you know, being sober curious has been a big part of my own journey. And it was interesting to see and hear that this is something that Steph is exploring right now. She also very bravely and courageously touches on an eating disorder that she had in her younger years. And this is something that I've experienced as well and spoken about. And I just wanted to say, you know, thank you, Steph, for sharing this, because I feel like when someone like her does, it allows people to acknowledge those parts of themselves. And you'll hear in this episode, it it doesn't always have to be that dramatic. But sometimes I think we go on through life without really addressing these narratives and they can become corrosive if left unattended so I hope it will help some of you that might be struggling with something similar we also discuss being dyslexic both Steph and I are dyslexic and it was really interesting and quite funny um, talking to her about it and the similarities and also hearing how her advice on building a brand and building an empire because she has achieved so much so young and so yeah I think you'll love this episode, it was just like talking with a mate, and I hope that you find it the same. Before we get into this episode, let's check in with Nora, our astrological guide for the season.
2: Losing yourself to the inner critic can be a big theme in this day and age, as we're constantly being bombarded by beauty ideals, lifestyle aspirations, hustle culture and everything that keeps us hooked on the notion that we need to be more and essentially become someone else in order to please the patriarchal gaze of society and somehow only then we finally are enough. And by the way, this is a phenomenon not only women but also men suffer from. So in trying to fall slave to this idea of false, constant, leveling up according to inauthentic values outside of us. We in truth not only lose ourselves in the process, but we also lose sight of our life path, our unique purpose this lifetime, accompanied by the inner work and outer work we need to complete in order to leave a footprint behind, no matter how big or small. So how do we connect this not only astrologically but also spiritually? We start by silencing as much as the outside noise off in a true Saturnian fashion, we work day to day on what our minimum duty is in order to create enough internal space to essentially find ourselves and distinguish the inner critic from the inner nurturer and the inner challenger. See, challenge never equals criticism. Challenge allows us to rise above whatever false limitations we've set upon ourselves, which inevitably were informed by early authority figures or society at large. Saturn and the North Node in our charts can help be a guide to where we're meant to move and which direction to choose to thread upon without losing sight of our authentic inner voice, which transcends criticisms, but rather becomes challenge and discernment for our highest good. Therefore, it would never feel like self-oppression, but more like self-encouragement, no matter how uncomfortable the process of it is. Saturn return at age 28 to 29 and the North Node return at age 36 to 37 does exactly this. It helps us remember who we are, sometimes by difficult external circumstances. But if we're intuitive enough and have cultivated inner silence, it helps us further build on whatever we've created and we strongly know ourselves to be. Therefore, we empower ourselves and are able to let that inner critic go back to its original influence, usually early authoritarian or media influences, and cultivate a stronger inner empowering and thus liberating voice that we both hear and know in our day to day, but also make heard and be known to the world till our footprint is cemented one way or another.
0: Anyway, Steph, thank you so much
1: for joining me. Thank you for having me. How are you feeling today? Yeah, good. I'm feeling good, actually. I went for a little jog this morning, which I always, I need to get back into, but when I'm like not feeling feeling a bit like messy in my head, I, if I go for a jog, I feel like it just, just helps me.
0: I couldn't agree more. But it's one of those things that when I get into that state in my head, that the idea of You know, a 20 minute, even half an hour jog could be the solution, just seems far too simple. So I'm like, no, I'm having an existential crisis. (laughs) Exercise isn't going to help. And then I do like something really simple and I feel a thousand times better.
1: Yeah, honestly, it is is like that, isn't it? Sometimes it's so, yeah. I literally this morning woke up my husband as well. He's like, he's like, I can feel your, you're a bit, you know, come out of your period and you're still a bit like manic. And I'm like, I know, I know. And it's like, I know that's going to help me, but sometimes actually do it, but I did it. So actually feeling great now.
0: But yeah, I, I feel like I've been in quite a manic state recently. Would you say that you're, um, I mean, obviously for women, like our moods do shift around our cycles, but would you, is there like a really noticeable pattern in yours?
1: Um. Yeah, I would say there definitely was. Which but- is what? well, I just, I'm like the happiest, you know, so on it and everything. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, my life. <laughs> what, who am I? Like, yeah, I'm just very like, and hangry, I'd say is probably key to that as well. <laughs> um, do you feel it a lot?
0: I think so. But I also feel like I just go through these cycles within this, like constantly anyway. And I was thinking about it this morning, how this is quite a random thought but I feel like generally men are a bit more straightforward in their sort of mood and temperament and a bit more predictable whereas women are just like sometimes I feel like my boyfriend's like I don't know what I'm gonna get today you're gonna get today like (laughs) (laughs) exactly because I feel the last couple of weeks I've been really struggling with anxiety and then went almost into like a slightly depressed period and now I feel like I'm I don't know really like lively and anyway I definitely I can relate to the kind of the shifts
1: yeah and men definitely I agree that they generally feel like their mood and their like level and they're just but also they don't have our uh, like all the hormones that uh, they have hormones yes but like not the same to extent to like what we go go through yeah so I'm glad I'm not learning that Because I feel like the last couple of weeks, same as you, it was kind of like you just start like questioning things and things that seem to be like a simple task when you're feeling good feel like... Unbearable or like, yeah, unmanageable. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously from,
0: you know, the outside and for the audience that doesn't know, like you've built up this incredible brand and you have these businesses and most people would look at you and just be like, she has got it all sorted and I guess that's what but sometimes people say that to me and I'm like oh God no <laughs> that's just what I what I share So what is like your sort of opinion and perspective on that in terms of what you go through more internally or behind closed doors versus the persona or like the aspects of you you present digitally
1: I mean yeah it's definitely not the case um I say it's like swanning when you're just like, you know yeah it's like yeah, so I'm, so I, I'm appearing to be fine but I'm like ah. Und- underneath <laughs> frantically yeah. just, oh, it's all fine like it's good this is good um yeah i mean i think online it's so hard to um i try and like show like a like, as positive side as i can and um you know you know people want like workouts from me or um, to find, like, inspiration from me or it might be, like, some fashion things. And, like, I try and keep my space online as, like, light-hearted as I can. because mm-hmm. there's enough, like, heavy stuff in the world, I think, going on to then have to feel, like, I have something else that's super heavy from someone all the time. And I sometimes feel like I could probably share more of the days where I am, like, you know, frantic and struggling. I'm like, bloody hell. But then I think I also realize how lucky I am and I think like they see that me sharing something that's oh you know I'm having a bad day people will just be like oh I can't you know really and I'm just like oh so I just can't you know do you think that
0: they would actually do that or that's just what your mind
1: tells you maybe what my mind tells me slightly too because I'm I'm an overthinker like big time I think um, so... Yeah, me too. Are you? Yeah,
0: <laughs> and also, because I work so much on my own, that can get quite out of control. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because you don't, I don't have that many people, like, people constantly around me. But do you have, like, big teams of people that you're... Yeah, so we've
1: got, um, a... Cause I used to work a lot more on, on my own, and then now, since, like, starting the businesses and stuff, we've got, um, it's a, yeah, bigger team, as a team that I probably see every week of like six or seven of us, and they'll sometimes be like, You're, they'll say to me, Like, you're, you're nuts. <laughs> or like, are you okay today? Um, like, you know, or you're, you're overthinking that massively. That we had, um, we've just launched a new trainer on the app and we're launching another one. So we actually had both um, of the new trainers over from America. And I was so concerned with them being happy and okay. and all the time that I was like, they're not, they're, they're you know, they're having a, a crap time. We haven't done this and that. And they like, they're like, they chef, they're great. And then on the last night when we were all together, we all cried. They were crying saying how happy and the best time they had. And I was like, I've been here for <laughs> weeks, having a mental breakdown, thinking you are having like the worst time ever. And they're like, oh my God, it's like the best. And so I think, yeah, I definitely, yeah. Well, it's, I do, it's
0: catastrophizing, isn't it? It's like your mind will start running on a story based on very little evidence. But once it kind of starts spiralling and you start physically feeling as if it's happening, it's hard to discern what's real and what's a story in your head. Do you have any like tools or ways that you can kind of you stop that before it kind of gets too much?
1: Yeah, I think I have like little like check ins with myself. Um sounds like silly, but I'll kind of actually have to stop and go, right. Is this you, or like what? What's this person actually done to make you think of this? And it's like nothing. This is just you like creating a scenario in your head. that's really not happened. Um, and then like a morning routine, which I know sounds like such a everyone's morning routine, but having a morning routine set in play for me definitely has such a like such an impact on my day um, because just waking up, not going on your phone, is you know as soon as you go on your phone there's something someone wants something from you um so straight away you're like oh and then that's when like my like scattiness will start because I think I've got this to do and I don't know which way to go um so I'll just I mean very simple I'll just put the kettle on I like, have my like hot lemon water have a shower and then I've got a little journal and I write like gratitude things in it um and then yeah, sometimes other days I'm like just look at them. I'm like, sort your shit out, woman. Like <laughs> <laughs> one. Um, So yeah, I do think. Do you do you do anything like that?
0: Well, I mean, so a couple of things are coming to mind when you explain that because I'm not going to lie, I've been quite undisciplined with my morning routines, and that's probably why I've been spiraling a little bit. But one of the sort of main principles of, of saturn and like going navigating your saturn return is you know discipline being disciplined with your day and structuring which is kind of one of the same but when and um, for me as i am quite a scatty chaotic person those things can kind of disappear quite quickly and then i wonder why i'm feeling so hectic so have you always been quite disciplined with that no you know, way of bit no
1: no no I'm like exactly the same as you like I actually that, that I find that that hard to do and like I have to really make myself do it and sometimes it will slip and recently um it slipped because I'm like I don't have time to to do that or you know just excuse and then once it slips a little bit you kind of get into a bad habit um but no when I do it I mean I feel so much better for it so I do try and be, be pretty disciplined and my husband will be like have you written in your book And <laughs> what when he notices that you're going a little like frantic <laughs> <laughs> he's like please write something <laughs> I'll write it for you <laughs> Just, okay um yeah so I think having like him he's like very good with helping and um understanding me I mean I've been with him for like Eight, eight years or something. So I feel like he gets it. And then, I mean, he knows before I do when I'm like coming on, he's like, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's not. It's that's not genuine. Right. <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? You, you know, and um, yeah, I think then when I feel like, for example, like your cycle, when I feel those times where you do naturally feel more tired and things like that, it's just like making sure that you're, you know, you are being disciplined with yourself, making the right choices because your future self is just yeah gonna suffer or you're gonna help her I
0: don't know why I'm talking about myself no I love that I think that's I was trying that was one of the first times that I actually learned how to practice and I say it's like learn how to practice self-love was when I recognized the future version of myself and prioritized her versus prioritizing the short-term sort of pleasure and for that me particularly applied in drinking because I would get social anxiety and historically I would always drink to kind of alleviate that feeling but then I would go to parties and I'd be like do it for just don't do it for tomorrow's you and once I started like practicing that I then was like oh okay this is this is what works this is how I can actually show up for myself so I completely understand that um because you're you're 30 aren't you
1: I am I am 30 yeah so
0: You've just, I guess, going through your Saturn return, or been through, or, or have, would have to.
1: Are you in Aries? I am. How is that? Do you have my birthday there? No. You just think, you know, I'm an Aries. <laughs> no, I didn't know
0: before. Yeah. I wish, I wish I could have just lied and said. I, so many people, because I do an astrology podcast, or yeah. it's sort of an astrology-ish podcast, people are always, like, tell me what star sign I am, and I never get it. But I really want to master being able to do that. You but, um, yeah, no, but no, no, I've got quite a lot of... Air- my mum's an Aries, so is my dad. So there's quite a lot of Aries...
1: So you just said you don't you it was with drinking so I can like, relate to that quite a lot. Um do you still drink?
0: So I've got quite an unusual situation with drinking in that when I it was really when I so I'm 33 now and it was a long process throughout my mainly my late 20s where I was really having to address the fact that actually my drinking habits were not quote unquote normal even though ostensibly i was perhaps behaving like everybody else i knew instinctively within me that something was off that it was coming from a place of escapism and and sometimes i would take that far too far but it took me a while to really address it head on and that was when i was 29 so going through my saturn term where I actually was like okay I think sobriety is something I need to explore and then I came across someone called Ruby Warrington who coined the term sober curious which is because I felt like I wasn't AA but I wasn't able to normal normal again quote-unquote normal drink like everyone else like I can't just go and have a couple of drinks not to say that I would then end up going on a bender, although that would sometimes happen too, but more that it would just affect me mentally so much to the point where I was like, I felt like I was poisoning myself. And so, so be curious basically means like, if I wanted to, I I could, but 99% of the time I don't. So it's not, alcohol's not part of my life in a day-to-day thing if I go out to a restaurant and stuff, but once in a blue moon, if I'm at something as long as it's coming from the right place, I'll let myself have a drink. But those moments are very few and far between.
1: Well I know, I just feel like what you're saying is like very similar to me, um, in the respect that I don't feel like I'm the type of person who like would like, need to go to an event and like necessarily like, need to drink to have a conversation or anything like that. But, you know, sometimes you're like, oh everyone's drinking I'll just have a drink. But like the effect that it has has on me mentally when I do drink is like it's it's crazy and similar literally what you just said feels like me um and it's now i mean i don't i'm not a master drinker i can't like have to turn up for myself for my team and things so it's um i i don't think it's do not it.
0: sustainable
1: no it's just not um but like i will have a drink and then sometimes like that i just get a bit overexcited you know and then so i'm actually at the moment i'm trying to do 90 days without alcohol was there anything particularly that
0: brought that on or were you just like i'm gonna try it
1: yeah i think i mean very similar to what you've said it just doesn't have a good effect on me i don't feel like i need it as part of my life um my i feel like my hormones are not not right at the moment there's something in me that's not gelling each month and i'm like i just want to eliminate alcohol because it's it doesn't serve me in um any positive way I still go out and see my friends have fun without it and not have you know the anxiety and feel you know awful for like the coming days and sometimes like week um so I think I was just like I'm just gonna like not not have it and that's that and just see 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 how I feel and more clarity and hopefully I don't know we'll see it's
0: it's such a topic that so many people message me about because I think it's something a lot of people struggle with but it's such a normalised thing especially in the UK that it's what we do in you know celebration and in sorrow it's just let's go have a drink and for people navigating social situations or dating without it feels like this massive obstacle so I think it's really powerful for people like you to kind of say that it's something that actually doesn't agree with you because I think it liberates other people listening to think you know it actually isn't agreeing with me. Did you feel you had to communicate that like to get support be it from your husband or your friends or is it just something you're like I'm doing this and I'm not gonna talk about it
1: I mean it's only been about two weeks <laughs> um but that's yeah. good though yeah I mean I'm not like a huge drinker regardless so it's not like I'm like oh my god I need a drink or anything like that at all um but like I saw uh, my friends on the weekend and they had like a drink with lunch and they're oh you're not drinking and I just said oh no, know, I just want to give myself more, like, clarity. I don't think I need it. But I do feel like I have to say it um, because I also feel like with fitness, people are like, oh, because you're in fitness or you don't want to drink, and, you know, it's for, like, reasons, it's for, you know, because you want to, like, look a type of way, and like that it's like, it's nothing to do with that at all. Like, drink and still be in shape and, you know, work out if you mentally can deal with that. But for me, like, mentally, I just... It doesn't seem to be agreeing with me and I want to feel you always want to feel good don't you so yeah we'll, we'll see but I do think like what you're getting onto, I guess is that you do get that judgment from other people yeah I don't
0: think they realize they're doing it because it's so on autopilot everyone always just oh why why aren't you drinking why are you being boring because it also kind of might trigger the fact for them that they are still or maybe they should be abstaining a little bit. And so you're navigating all these sort of weird unsaid things. Do you feel, do you find it hard to say that you're not? Do you feel any kind of awkwardness or anxiety around explaining to people that you're not drinking?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess not like, not necessarily anxiety, but I do just fear that judgment of, oh, you're good, you're going to be boring or, um, so what I will do is, like it was my sister's birthday on the weekend, um, and I got a, like a virgin cocktail, and it was like all her friends and stuff. Um, and so they were just thinking that I was drinking.
0: Yeah, that's such a good hack.
1: Yeah, or like Alex will sit next to me, and I was like, oh, "I'll have a G and T, and then I'll just like fake drink it." <laughs> and <laughs> and he that's just, what I do. Yeah, you just like I can't be asked for the conversation. No one even notices that I've not drunk, and it just saves the like, "Oh, come on, boring." No, 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 no. totally that's such a good
0: piece of advice for people and it took me a really long time because at the beginning I would just be like no and have like a water and, and that again there wasn't the same amount of non-alcoholic alternatives as there is now and so it would always draw attention to me in a way that felt uncomfortable and then I would be having to explain I felt like I was explaining my whole life story to like a stranger at the bar and I was like oh this doesn't feel fair. and then they just walk off but now I always I'll always have a glass of something sup- like if I'm at a dinner party I'll have like a glass of wine there but just won't really I just won't drink it and no one notices
1: yeah literally no no one has a clue because they're all just off drinking I love that that's so funny because you do you do all of a sudden have this panic why didn't you drink and then you're like oh yeah. my god I'm like well this happened at this age then I had this blackout then and they're like okay yeah. <laughs> like, just just but just that's fine you don't need to drink did you, did you get blackouts I did
0: and I actually remember my reminds me of during the pandemic I the evening standard for doing a piece around sober curious and I, I typed my answers and I realized when they printed it that the sarcasm didn't translate very well so I was like joking about what we were just saying but it just looked like I was kind of crazy but yeah I did have I did have blackouts you know what's really something that's come up recently for me that I've not actually spoken about yet but I'll meet people or bump into people today that I used to know, I guess, in my 20s and I won't recognize them. It's really strange. It's almost like that whole chapter of my life. I don't know whether my mind has just erased it or because I just, one of my friends who's very into this sort of spiritual space was like, it's because you weren't conscious or aware. So you were just kind of blindly going through life on, I don't know. In a bit of a haze, and so, yeah, there's big chunks I don't remember, but I would be walking, talking, and fully a- animated.
1: Yeah, no, it's fascinating. I thought you were going to say because they've just aged terribly or, or something. <laughs> well, maybe that too. Maybe that too. But honestly, I had someone
0: come up to me at a festival the other day, and they were like, "Kaggy, hello!" And I just had absolutely. No, and it was so uncomfortable, and I get, I feel really ashamed about it because I, I obviously at that mo at that moment in my life, or that period of my life, spent a lot of time with them, but I just wasn't, I just wasn't really there.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I and I feel like I could actually like somewhat relate to that. There's like chunks of my early twenties, like late teens, where kind of very confused, like not knowing what I want to do, and just kind of like coasting and I, I had like quite a bad eating disorder, which I've actually never spoken about before. And I think that you kind of you moments where you feel like shame or anything like that. I feel like you, you have those like blank. You, you, Cause yeah. you try and erase it from your memory because you feel that shame of that person, but it's still a part of you. So I can kind of like understand why you, you know, feel like that. It's quite, it's quite, scary isn't
0: it because it's it's fascinating and amazing that the mind does that but like you said it's almost this shame I, I feel personally for me so I'd love to know like from your experience what it feels like but it's almost I guess I feel shame around that past version of me and the way she behaved and like perhaps the decision she made and just to add as a caveat though it was nothing that unusual or that bad but I think in my mind I've made it that way and therefore blanked it out yeah but it's still part of me and that creates this um friction because it's almost like I'm not owning
1: yeah and that's it it's like maybe it's the similarly the overthinking things side of it slightly and kind of like creating this because like I said that I didn't do anything out of the norm like overly but I think I also was for example like using the drinking thing I was drinking because I thought like that's just you know going to solve you or for you know what you do. I think you know in our early twenties, I think now like Gen Z and other people coming into their twenties, teens they don't think drinking is cool or or the culture isn't there like it was for us. And I think I I never wanted to I never really felt myself when doing when doing those things, and then I finally kind of like came out of it and made decisions which actually like served me or felt scary at the time, but actually I've way better for. So therefore now I'm like, I wish I could go back and say like, you don't have to like drink that. You don't have to behave like that to like seek other people's- Approval and validation. Mm-hmm. But then there is that, and then the, 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 so you still have the shame of that though. It's interesting. I never, never spoken about it or thought about it really.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something that's so relatable to people is we operate in these ways because we feel we need to. We're not trying to hurt ourselves or hurt anyone else or anything like that. It's just how we've observed the world growing up and then think, okay, this is what I need to do to fit in and to be loved and to be accepted. And then it's only once you know we figure out that that's not the way and that can take time and experiences and messing things up.
1: Yeah. Exactly, and I think you've got to mess things up sometimes.
0: You do. But you mentioned a second ago about, and if you're happy to talk about it, I would love to kind of explore it with you, but when you were, was it when you were a teenager that you had struggled with eating disorders?
1: Yeah, and in my 20s. When would you say that kind of stemmed from? Um, Actually, it was first at school. Um, Yeah, so at my school, I think it was... um, like full of, I'd never even like thought about my weight or anything like that growing up because I was so sporty and I was just like, I am what I am, I didn't even like, didn't even think about it and, you know, parents like amazing would never, no, nothing to do with that. I think it was maybe more like school, the, um, a lot of girls were like you know, stunning, beautiful, but like very, very thin or um, yeah. I think that's probably where it stemmed from then I got like tease a lot for like my thighs for example and I think I felt I mean I was literally a, a, like a size eight at which is wild because that's so small but I still felt that I was like so different because I was more muscular I mean it wasn't didn't like phase me too much um like I you know still got on with things and it's not like a um woe is me situation at all like I was you know I had a great time at school and um had like great friends and things like that but I think that stemmed from it, and there was, um, so there was a girl who had um, bulimia, um, and then like she, almost like, there was a couple of girls who had it, and it was almost in like a jokey way, and they basically like lost weight, and like the boys, like everyone was like praising them, and like, oh my God, amazing, and they were like quite cool. And I think I just like um, tried it, um, which I'm, I never said, it's like a, yeah. And I think that then stemmed into a little bit of a spiral. It wasn't like, you know, like terrible and no one knew about it at school. But that's kind of where it stemmed from. And then it kind of became a thing that I could control, I guess, which I think is a lot similar to like all eating disorders. And I think with eating disorders, it's a a really like tricky one. And I've never ever spoken about it because I think just because you've had it, um it doesn't necessarily mean that I would give the best advice or anything like that but I think it's kind of um acknowledging it like speaking to people about it and then also understanding that you are sometimes still going to have like bad days because it's something that's like for me ingrained in me and I had it for years and years and I think it's just recognizing that maybe sometimes you are going to have a bad day um you are gonna feel like not yourself or good and but it's just a bad day and it doesn't like, you know, you, you try not to let it take you, take you there. Just acknowledge that like, that's okay. Sometimes we all have bad days, things happen. You know, someone might, it might be, someone might drink too much. Someone might like, I don't know, but um, yeah, it's just, a, it's a, it's a hard topic to, to, to talk on. Um, Cause also I think I'd heard people speak about the eating disorders and things as well. And i used to pick up, Uh, Tips. So Mm. I think I never would wanna like speak about exactly X, Y, or Z and stuff, because even though you may be trying to help, um, I think it can come across in like not the correct way because you've just got to be so careful of who's like listening. Yeah. Uh, I would only wanna ever have like a positive um, impact on women and make them feel good and about themselves. Which really comes across by the way,
0: like everything you say, you always kind of are aware of the impact you're having on your community and the audience. And it's a, really, it's a really lovely quality, but thank you for sharing that story because I know it is a challenging topic to talk about, especially when it has that, you know, your own personal experience. And, you know, just to add, I went through something very similar when I was at school. And even though, like you say, things can normalize, it's always this sort of ever present thing. And that's not to say that it's driving your day, but if you have a bad day or if your routine really shifts, like for me, it happened when I got COVID where suddenly like, I was my whole diet shifted because I couldn't really taste anything and I was just eating beige food. And then that voice in my head kind of started up again. And for me, um, speaking about it to my boyfriend was like the most powerful thing because as soon as I spoke it, I realized how how horrible that way of speaking to myself was, and actually how much that had kept me in a bit of a prison, especially when I was younger as well. And I think, you know, it's there's such a spectrum of this very complex, very personal topic that a lot of people will fall on and not necessarily be open to talking about it or communicating about it because they think, oh, well, you know, I'm not that bad or it's not got to this point or I've got it under control. But that is, like, the thing, isn't it? It's that piece of I have my life under control, whereas it's not a good way of controlling
1: things. No, it's not. And I think, like you said then, it's like, oh, you know, I've got it under control. It's just, like, a slip-up or, you know, anything like that. Any signs of, like, early you know, that voice in your head and that's when you have to like catch it and talk about it. No, that's not normal. No, that's not okay. Um, And like you said, that's amazing that you have your partner to have like that conversation with.
0: How did you, like in your 20s, was there something that happened that you were like, okay, I'm gonna address this?
1: Um, Yeah, I think it's like, it gets to a point of like just so bad. It just spirals, doesn't it? And then you're like, I can't, I can't anymore. Like this is, um, yeah, just, just can't go on like that. And then I think it's finding something you love and like trying to find, like focus your energy elsewhere and asking for help. And I think that's part of like feeling like a little bit lost, I think in my early twenties, um, I think I had like a massive part of that. Um, and I, you know, my, like my parents, my husband, Everyone's like, well, your know, fitness has always been, like, your love, like, your passion, like, why, you know, I stopped doing, I played, I played through throughout school, and then I stopped, and that's kind of, like, also, like, I think, had an impact on my mental health, because that was my, like, um release and my, you know, outlet, Um and then it's not... what lit you up. Yeah, 100%, 100%, like, I miss it so much now, I'd love to, like, play hockey or netball, but... I probably injure myself and then that will be the end of everything and then I'd be really sad so so I've got to make the choice of not not doing that um yeah that's that was I think it was just something and other people I think kind of saying about it as well yeah very fortunate that yeah I have like my family and husband to kind of like pick me up and you know see the signs where you know I might be feeling that way inclined again and not speaking to myself nicely and you know just saying I'm being so mean to myself to your friends or like my mum my or um my husband and then then just kind of like you getting that routine which is what I spoke about earlier which is why I think that and I can-
0: they can encourage you to do it yeah exactly I think having that support system is so key and, and it reminds me of what we were talking about earlier about the swan thing because I think as well not only to like through social media and stuff, but to the world and people like me, I wanted to present the swan. And so in relationship, it was challenging for me to actually say, hey, I'm not okay. And this is what's going on in my head right now. And can I, like, is it safe for me to share that with you? But I think that that's such a transformational thing to be able to do because we need support in that area and we need people to kind of call us out on our own inner critic talk and get us back on track
1: yeah i think it's hard isn't it that first you know like you said when you met your boyfriends you know said like oh god you've you think i'm like this actually like i kind of feel like i have this demons and that sometimes i like are you gonna accept that as well and like obviously you know people will accept that, generally speaking, that people are very understanding and like, lovely. And if you speak to someone, they're never going to do anything other than care. They won't pass judgment because actually a lot of the time as well, with women, when I've spoken about it with my friends, they have some kind of demon or something that you know they want to speak about too. Or So, yeah, I think talking about things, obviously.
0: I think we all have... That thing that we think about ourselves that makes us feel we are unworthy of love, of belonging, and of being in- that we're not enough. Yeah. And that thing can just. It's so sad because like you said, if we shared it and we're a little bit more honest with each other, we'd recognize that actually it's all very human. We all have our flaws. We all have our demons. And it's just like part of the tapestry of life. But when we internalize it, you think, oh, if they knew this about me, they wouldn't love me. And it's so untrue. And it's been through, and it sounds like it's the same for you, just being vulnerable enough to share that regardless of the fear that comes up around it and having a new experience that can then counteract that thought and I think that that you know for anyone listening was the best piece of advice I could give on this subject It's like have someone that you could share that with and it will give you such a pro- profound and new experience that when that thought comes back you can refer to that because when it's just you in your own head it's like they think the voice in your head's like no no no. this is what would happen it's a bit like when you said earlier when you thought people were having a bad time you know it's like it's like they're having a terrible
1: time I know it's like that wasn't even true having a great time it's like you're just trying to yeah I think just trying to have like more yeah positive outlook on things as well I guess and I hope that like when you tell people those things, they'll receive it in a positive way that you've shared it and it's only a positive thing that you are sharing that and then that's on the route to, like, helping you and making your life... healing. And healing and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe one day I'll, like, speak more on it and things, but I think until... I think I've not maybe fully processed it maybe myself as well, so I think that's something that I want to do, like, before... Like yeah. speaking about it, speaking about it, and I think as well, it's I don't want to be. I'm more than what that girl was, or you know, she, it's part of me. But like, I'm I'm more than, you know, I don't know.
0: It's just an experience that you have, and like that's the thing. We are so many different things simultaneously, and all those things can coexist together, and that's part of the beauty of the whole thing. And so, I think it's amazing that. You shared that to be honest.
1: No, and I love that about you can coexist. I actually, um, one of my good friends, she was saying, had a big conversation with her recently about, you know, she's a business owner, um, she gets anxiety, and she was like, you know, and I feel that's like a shame that, um, you know, how could she be a, like a businesswoman and have anxiety and things? It's like you can coexist. Like I'm like, a, I'm a bit scatty and I have to make sure that I'm so organized, but I can still be. Like business owner and have my shit together but also like parts of my life you it's your personality and it's part of you and like I think it's so important to like allow that to coexist like it's not this life of like perfection and yeah
0: yeah I've been thinking this a lot recently and I think especially you know we are moving into a time where people are a bit more open to people being multiple things which is great and that's been happening for a while but there is still quite this binary thing and I notice it in my mind where it's like I on a more personal level let's say within my friendships and relationships that I can oscillate from different aspects of my character. That I can be incredibly shy and anxious, but I can also be like vivacious and outgoing, and like the life and soul. And those things can coexist. But sometimes I'm like, does that make me crazy? <laughs> 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 Maybe it does. But then also from a more professional standpoint, or the the persona and version of me that exists outside, in you know, I guess through social media in the world, like. I'll put up a makeup video but then last week I was like joined a girl's football team and again those things can coexist. Like, like those things light me up equally it doesn't mean that I'm one or the other but I think we always feel like oh if I do this that means I have to have these qualities and be this kind of person and dress in this kind of way
1: yeah a hundred percent like even like the podcast there, I was like oh gosh what you know what what t-shirt do I top do I put on <laughs> three times because I was like oh god that's that's far too casual and then like you know I was like, I was like do I put a blazer on I was like oh it's just not like, me but like you know I'm a business woman so I have to be and I was like oh I don't know black go easy like I, I would have loved if you turned up in a place. <laughs> like, okay, I'm, I'm here to talk business with you yeah I mean <laughs> but that's like the the, the thing that we're the programming about. because it's like you have like, to be perceived in a way that's like good enough but it's like nothing to do with like what you wear or your anxiety or whatever it is it's it's what you you know what you're bringing to the table and those different aspects of your life um I would ask though because you just said about your you're like really on or like you're really shy and like reserved and stuff when yeah. you're like really on because I like find this in terms of like a business thing if I've got if I've got to go to meetings or event or anything I could be so like on and on but then I'm like Crash. If Anyone speaks to me, I,
0: think I might cry. Like <laughs> I'm so <laughs> the same. And again, sometimes I'm like, does that make me a little? Because it's quite manic. And then yeah. I'm like, nobody, nobody speaks to me for a week. Yeah. But I have the most important thing for me is having people that that I work with that understand that because they can recognise it, which is fantastic. So I'll be like, bah, 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 and then they'll notice. That I'll have gone a little quiet because it switches like that, yeah. And then I'll be, and they're like, okay, she's done, let's go, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: um, which is, I guess, it's like a I don't know, extrovert introvert where you're like an extrovert, but then you need to, to like re. I get my
0: energy from being alone, but equally in small doses, yes. I love being around people, but for me, I've it's taken me a while to recognize, but I love working on my own like working from home but I also equally love being on a stage and having a big audience and so but it's kind of one or the other I don't really care for whatever the in between is (laughs) but I feel equally at home in both settings so I've just kind of learned to roll with that really
1: what about you? Yeah I think just very similar I mean I'm not on a stage singing Um, that would be quite horrifying (laughs) um and on any stage if I I like I once had to do say thank you to these people for coming to this event and it was with this brand not you know I wasn't that particularly passionate about and then I just had to say thank you to everyone and I genuinely almost cried because I was so nervous and like oh my god like people are all looking at me at once with saying something that I'm, I don't feel like I'm like thanks for coming, and like honestly I, I probably wired well, up everyone. must said, oh wow, she's so, she loves this so much. I was just like horrified to be up there, and when I did a workout um, recently, one of the first workout events, I mean I was like shaking like a leaf. I was like, hey everyone, welcome. I think everyone's looking at me like, are you okay? Are you ready for this workout? <laughs> Yeah, nervous. But I think that's the point of like caring and it being one of the first times I've done it. The second time I did it recently, I was far more relaxed and like really loved it. And, you know, I love being around people and encouraging people and everything like that. um So I think it was just more of a you rip the band aid off. Your first time is always going to feel worse. And then the more you do something, you know, the much easier it's going to be. Totally. Become. You've
0: uh, just got to kind of rip off the band aid, like you say, and do it. But it's interesting that that doesn't it doesn't sound like it translates to social media because obviously you've got a huge following and I find, I would find that scary because, you know, you have a million plus people that are watching your life and commenting. Do you not get nervous about that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I probably, I don't do stories very well. I'm saying you probably noticed. You're like, we don't follow you that (laughs) closely. day no so I don't do stories really very often because um so I've got I'm dyslexic as well and sometimes yeah, this I- is something I wanted to I want to talk to you about because I'm
0: also dyslexic you? Which, yeah I am and I I this was kind of the next theme that I wanted to explore was how has that played a part in your life but also with you running these businesses and stepping into this role as being a businesswoman and like a powerhouse in that sense. How how have those things coexisted?
1: So I did when I think I did a post because um, I always get on my social media. I mean, I spell everything wrong. My grammar's really not that good. Um, like I'm working on it. Yeah, yesterday I did a. Um, I had to like reply to this email and I was like, Alex, can you? And then he was like, I'm just doing something. Can you do it? And I was like, Oh, fine. So I did it and then I constructed it and he was like, You can do it. You just don't like to. And you know, do you think that's true though? No, I think I I'm like, think- right. I just know that what, what I want to like portray, like I'll voice note lots of things and say like, okay, with my within my team, when you know there's an article or anything, I'll voice note and that's how it works because I can get things across, I think a lot better like vocally or they'll understand what I'm trying to say rather than me spend like triple quadruple amount of time trying to write something where yeah. it takes that person 10 minutes to just like, you know, I completely agree is what I've said. Um, so it just, might
0: be true that you can do it, but it would just take you a lot longer and be a lot more like stressful you doing yes. it versus delegating it to someone else.
1: Yes, 100%, exactly. But yeah, I think for example, yeah, my social media people like, that's not how you spell things. And, you know, because people online just love a correction as well. I think that's what you'll find. Yeah. <laughs> like, some, some people as well, just, you know, they're waiting for you to do something slightly off or whatever so they can say, I know, or, you know, that's not how you yeah. Not the right there. Spell your. That's not the right your. <laughs> <laughs> we just move on. I'm trying to write something like nice and positive. I think I did something recently about my like, scalp and I spelt it sculpt. And people were <laughs> head, like what's happening? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry everyone. Um, but everyone's like very supportive about it um, online and I think, yeah, I, I opened up the conversation and I had so many women um, and like mums actually as well saying about their kids, their daughters, saying this is like so helpful to know that it's not something that is um, a hindrance. It's just that, like, you're learning. You the way you, you learn think and differently, and the way you think is just different, which is like special. And it doesn't. It's not. A, it's not a bad thing. Um, and I think in school and stuff, I was, for example, I was put in like the bottom class and stuff. I felt like I was more ahead of some people in the class, but I just needed a different technique of learning. I think. And that's such a important thing. I'd love to like tap into more at some point. Is to you know have the right support there for people who are dyslexic and everyone just learns a different time and yeah. I completely agree because
0: when I was at school and I think it's changed a bit but not that much my stepdad always always joke because he's also dyslexic and he always jokes He was like when I was at school it was just called thick and I was like yeah but when I was at school you know I had extra time and everything and and there still to a degree is a bit of shame around it because there are certain things that I just still quite can't quite grasp that I feel like adults should. And so I often, how it manifests for me and how it can be a sort of hindrance is if I don't know how to do something, which is quite frequent, I I'm don't know how to ask or I'll just kind of shut down because I'm like, oh, I don't want people to know that I can't do that really simple thing. And so... But it's, it's weird, it's like the way my mind would do like a maths equation or spelling or remembering things. It's all sort of like topsy-turvy and and, and there are certain things in driving, which <laughs> might make people think I shouldn't be on the road, but I'll see signs and I'll see them like the other way round when I first look at them, Yeah, you know, like I can't quite work out whether it's telling me I can't go right or can't go
1: left. <laughs> yeah, just stay away from Kagi if you see him. <laughs> really encouraging no but it's it's computing things slightly differently but I mean like I can uh, probably tell with you and what you do and stuff I'm way more like creative and like with ideas and stuff And I'll come up with you know the strategy and ideas and that kind of things because that's just where I'll you know your strengths are that's where my strengths are and stuff and I'm never going to be good at like writing essays or um you know, thing, things like that. But I don't need to be good at that. And I think it's okay to not be good at every single thing within the business because that's why you have an incredible team around you to pick up where you you lack in your strength um, and have those people who can just like compliment you. And I think to have them, people that like get your vision. I think that's very, I think I have very like specific vision with how I want things and for people to get that and be able to like bring it to the, table i think well, it's the
0: art of delegation isn't it because i used to, it's taken me a while to figure that out and i used to just try and do everything myself and then not get anywhere so how long did it take you to find that team and recognize
1: that in yourself i don't know probably well i mean we started building the app me and my husband during lockdown um mm. and we kind of we do cross over a lot because he's actually very creative with things and he has like great ideas and stuff as well. Um, but he's much more like, maybe like more like finance and numbers and you know, things like that. And um, what star sign is he? He's a Leo. Okay. What What did you think he's going to be? I was wondering if he was a Capricorn. Uh, no, no. they very
0: good with numbers and finance and things like that? Yeah, nice. He's a Leo. Building things.
1: Apparently Leo and Aries are going to be good. That's what I hear. So, you guys worked together on that? Yes. Yes, we did. Um, so, and then we had a app, um, like a dev team, who obviously all the app developers and stuff, because we basically used to have it where it was the framework of the apps already built. And then it's just my content, but wanted to like make it so much more global and size up and make it something way bigger and make something of it um, that can be like long term and, um, just like something really like proud to be a part of, like you know, I always wanted to. It used to be called like Fit with Steph. I wanted, I wanted to have it. It's like now it's We Glow, so it's something in a community so that you can bring other people onto it, um, like have other trainers because like not everyone's gonna like the way I look or find me inspiring or want to do my workouts. So I think it's good to have you know a variety of women um, who you can relate to, with like a variety of movement, etc. Um, so, and that's when we probably really started expanding our team was 2020, 2019.
0: Well, I think, I think everything that you're doing and have done is so inspiring to people and definitely for, you know, young women listening that perhaps might have dyslexia or some sort of learning. I hate the word difficulty, but that's just what they, what they say. And that can often make things feel limited, and also there is, there is a very real limitation that's felt, if whether or not it's real or not is a different story for women gen, in general about starting their own businesses. And it's still pretty male dominated space. And you know, in terms of like getting things off the ground. So what would your advice be for anyone listening that might be thinking, oh, I'm you know, dyslexic or oh, I, can't, I can't possibly do that. And I don't know where to begin. What would your advice be?
1: So I think you have to do things you don't enjoy. I, unfortunately, with that, I think when you're just, like, for me, I'm like, like you have just said a second ago, oh, like, you can't, you don't want to do it, and you just you think you can't do it. It's taking you forever, um, like, shut off. I think ask asking for help, like, okay, I actually need to do this. I need to learn to do this properly. It's going to take me time, but once you get it, I feel like you really get it. Um, mm. That's with anyone else. So, like, you know, editing or understanding, like, Different thing. I mean, honestly, with like technology, I'm I am actually pretty bad. Even like the setup of this call, I was thinking, oh no. (laughs) Even with the setup, don't worry, I still
0: struggle. Someone came to my house the other day. They were like, do you not want a bit more of an evolved
1: podcast equipment? I was like, I actually got sent one, but it looks too complicated. I don't know how to use it. You don't even. But you'll just like leave it, and you won't even like, like. I just it seems too much. This is fine. And actually, the way I'm doing it is probably more difficult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, but well, I'm like, look, it's the way I know it. I'm just gonna stick in my lane. Yeah, exactly, stick to what you know. Um, what else? I think. Yeah, sometimes everything you have to do things that you're you don't necessarily like love to do, but I think play to your strengths and yeah for me I think with like my ideas and um I'm more creative I think just like putting those out there um and it is like you have to work (laughs) it is you know it's not this case of like oh something happens and you like something will come from it like everyone of course like you can get lucky but you have to be in the right place and have to be prepared prepared when if that opportunity or you know that point of luck comes up that you're prepared to be able to take it on but I think I've always been very like my sister says I've been very um I'm always got the attitude like it's gonna be fine and I'll just like go for it I'm like I'd rather like take the risk and it might pay off it might not but I've had things which have really tanked and not done well at all but you know from each of those things like I've learned so much from it which has led me to be able to um you know build what I hope is going to be you know My my businesses that are going to be successful and ask your empire, yeah. But it's you know, it's not always easy, and I think you've just got to acknowledge that. But if you love it, I think as well, you have to be have the enjoyment there because otherwise, it's just going to feel like it takes a hit and a toll, and you're getting no reward. I think that's great advice. I think that's honestly
0: such good advice because, like you said, you. like failure is an inevitability really in things. And actually it's when we pick up the most experiences and the most knowledge of how to get things right. Like I've messed up so many things and as well partly to do with my tendency to perhaps not understand how things work and therefore not want to know. Yes. And then get myself into trouble (laughs) later down the line where I'm like, oh, (laughs) I probably should have looked into that a little bit more. Whereas now, even though I hate it, I try and be really disciplined with all those granular details and like you said as well, having people around you that you can really trust.
1: Yeah. I think that's definitely, definitely important. Yeah. Share that like the same like values and vision. And I'm like sure you're well you spoke about your team earlier, about how they understand you.
0: And they can complement you. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like you're all understanding of each other and it's kind of yeah. And it's got you've got to have fun as well with it because otherwise well, what's the point what's the point <sighs> yeah exactly That <laughs> last overall motivation so. <laughs> and on that note
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i could talk to you for days and there are other things i'd love to discuss with you but perhaps we'll save it for another time because we'd love to have you back on the show oh. And thank you so much for for joining me today. It's been really special. Oh, thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode of Saturn Returns, I would love it if you could share it with a friend you think might find it useful or write us a review on Apple because this gets us discovered by more like-minded people. Like I said at the start of the episode, I love talking with Steph because it felt like I was just catching up with a friend. There are a lot of synchronicities and similarities between us and it was just a lot of fun and we covered a lot of ground and she was very open and vulnerable. And I hope it inspires you to not see your perceived or society's perceived limitations such as things like dyslexia as obstacles and actually see them as a superpower. It's been a unanimous theme of people that have come on the podcast that somehow they've managed to transmute something that might be seen as a weakness and turn it into their strength. So perhaps consider the things that you think about yourself that aren't strong and actually reframe that. For instance, I was always considered so sensitive that I wouldn't survive in the world. And actually, I feel like creating this podcast is how I've alchemized that. So I will leave you with that thought. Remember, you can pre-order the Saturn Returns book and buy tickets to the Saturn Returns show that is happening in January, or you can book a reading with our astrological guide, Nora. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Saturn Returns, and remember, you are not alone. Goodbye.